Now, back to the Pete McMurray Show. Gas prices through the roof. They don't appear to be going down anytime soon. The national average way above $5 a gallon, according to Gas Buddy. Let's say hello to Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy. Patrick, why? 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 What is going on here, man? <laughs> Help us. Boy, everything that's, everything that's going wrong seems like it is. Um, we'll start with why prices in the Midwest have just been on a fury for all those people that have tracked oil. You're probably wondering what the disconnect might be. And a lot of that has to do with gasoline inventories, which are, by the way, at their lowest seasonal level on record. Those records go back to 1990, so at least 30 years since we've started the summer with this little gasoline. And uh, obviously, demand is not slowing down, which is surprising given the fact that Chicago is now nearing $6 a gallon. Oh, it's crazy. What about the oil reserve? Is there any oil left? Well, there certainly is. Uh, Hundreds of millions of barrels. Uh, The problem, though, with that is uh, it's oil. Um, And because Mm -hmm. of things like COVID uh, and Hurricane Ida last year, uh, we've seen a loss of refining capacity to the tune of about a million barrels a day or 5% of the nation's total refining capacity had been shut down. And that's now the next choke point in what is turning out to be a summer of choke points. I feel like, though, we've been hearing about the lack of refineries since 2021, and we're midway through 2022. Why are the the gas companies not prioritizing getting more of these refineries online? I know there's a large percentage that already exists. They're just not doing their thing. Well, existing refineries are operating at about 94 percent of capacity, so that's pretty close. Um, you know, the number may not get to 100 because the EIA sometimes the, the the source that puts that 94% together doesn't always take out refineries that have shut down. But, you know, you can't build a refinery overnight. Refineries, you know, expansion takes years. And there's a lot of politics involved, too. And I think that's where refineries are, is that, you know, in the long term, the administration is pushing Americans away from fossil fuels. Uh, Why sink money into a refinery now uh, for something that you may not need in 10 or 20 years? Because we right. need it right now, that's why. <laughs> so there's not an old refinery that you can say, okay, let's open that but, thing back up and get it going. Well, not a whole lot. Now, I'll, I'll point out as well that over the last couple of years and during COVID, because of the slump in demand, keep in mind, refineries were losing money on every gallon they were selling, basically buying oil and it, selling the, the product at a loss because nobody wanted it. So that quickly caused shutdowns. The problem is, is that a lot of refineries then took the opportunity during COVID to shut down and, and, and basically turn themselves into renewable uh, refinery and that renewable ah. diesel, right? They take waste oil. Uh, and the problem with that is that there's a much lower capacity uh, when you do that. You, you basically see your refinery drop um, to 10% of its nameplate capacity when you transfer it to renewable. So the challenge is we've lost capacity. We've seen shutdowns. There have been fires. Hurricane Ida, like I said, did a lot of damage. Yep. Now, the administration had been pushing to reopen some of these facilities, but the mm-hmm. one in Louisiana that was shut down by uh, Hurricane Ida, a levee was breached, right? And there's a billion dollars yeah. in damage that isn't going to be fixed overnight. So it, it takes time. I don't know that the administration would support you know, bringing these refineries back online long term. But I think that's where the administration has room for improvement is is give everyone the green light. Uh, let, you know, let them get back online. Uh, give them clarity on the immediate future. But in, in the long term, say we're going to transition away from this uh, eventually. 
it seems so crazy and frustrating as a consumer that they could so quickly switch the refineries to renewables. And yet to be able to switch it back seems mm-hmm. to be a much harder process. Um, and we're all paying for it. And I know you keep mentioning the administration. How much say do they really have besides kind of waving a crystal ball saying you might lose profits in the future? Because these are all independent businesses. They're not government run. Is that right? Right. That is right. Oil companies are publicly traded. And and the, the president is not largely responsible for why we're here. The administration's moves to kill the Keystone at a time that demand was down I mean, the Keystone doesn't produce crude oil. It seems like a lot of Americans forget that. It transports oil when that's necessary. The problem is we don't have the oil right now. So Mm. the other issue, of course, that President Biden had issued a drilling moratorium, which had been shot down by courts months later. So I think where where oil companies are, are kind of, you know, stuck right now is that the administration has gone after them in a way that it's tried to limit activities, tried to limit drilling. And they need some clarity on if they're going to spend billions of dollars, whether it's increasing oil production or boosting refining capacity. Um, you know, the president comes out and says oil companies are gouging, that they're manipulating things. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that doesn't exactly, you know, that's kind of like a hostile work environment. Why would you spend billions of dollars when you're being targeted in a way <laughs> right. uh, like what the administration's doing? Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. We're talking with uh, Patrick DeHaan from uh, Gas Buddy. There was a national crisis when uh, we couldn't find baby <laughs> formula. National crisis, baby formula, boom. The president says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fly it in. National crisis right now with gas. He says that he's going to talk to Saudi Arabia. What is happening with that? And are the Saudis going to say, well, we'll see what we can do? Well, they may do just that. Keep in mind, the president has also thrown Saudi Arabia under the bus and OPEC collectively. So I think there's going to be resistance from the Saudis. Now, I'll say even if they do produce more oil, the choke point is still then pushed down the line. That is turning that oil into something more yep. worthwhile, like gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. So that kink will still exist, but there could be some help. It really just depends on if the Saudis do increase production and by how much and how quickly. There's so complicated. Right There's now. no easy solution to this problem, well, people. I'm writing no. down notes and I put next to Saudi Arabia. Is there any open refineries in Saudi Arabia or anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where can yeah. I come up with a solution here? You think they're doing that in Washington? Any refineries that are closed down overseas that we can use just for the, uh, the time being? Well, no. <laughs> you know, even in Europe, a lot of refineries shut down too, Draco. The good news is that there is additional worldwide and global refining capacity coming online. The bulk of it is in the Middle East and Asia. Now, keep in mind, the problem with that is why are we in much of this predicament? Because one of the world's large oil producers, Russia, decided to invade Ukraine. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not to say any one of these countries in the Middle East or Asia is going to do something like that, but the power is still in their hands. This is just rough stuff. Okay. I have a sillier question. Oh, boy. Um, it's not silly, but is it true that if you just lower your speed of driving by five or 10 miles per hour, you get better gas efficiency in your car, which might be an immediate way for you to save some money on gas? Absolutely. Keep in mind, it, we're talking about efficiency here. So if, if you're sitting in traffic, there's not much to be gained, right? Because you can't do much. But most people, uh, anything over, say, about 65 miles an hour, you're, you're basically burning more fuel, the engine's working to offset the higher wind speed, the higher drag on your vehicle. 
And, and so that's why, you know, 55, 60 miles an hour, you can boost your fuel efficiency, you know, even beyond that 25 to 35%. I did it myself. It wasn't a whole lot of fun being in the, you know, the right lane going 55, 60 when everyone else is doing 75, but my fuel efficiency went from 27 to 37 miles a gallon. I, I, wow. I just can't do it. It's like I'm crawling along. I can't go <laughs> under, I can't go under 70. I started getting nervous when you said 55, uh, 60 miles an hour. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sweating right now. His head was shaking. It, he was it, so it, sad. It's not easy. You know, it, it's tough, but I'll tell you what, you're going to stop at the gas station at 300 miles and I'm going to get 425 miles out of my tank. Well, there it Ooh, is right there. That's huge. And the newer cars, when you come to a stoplight or you, you stop at a stop sign, they turn off. And uh, that's my wife's car. My car doesn't do that. Should I start turning off my car when I'm at a uh, stoplight? I always thought when you turned it off and you started it, you use more gas when you start it up. That's a long myth from many years ago when engines wow. were still carbureted. Really? Yeah. So if you're going to be stopped over 10 seconds, uh, maybe even five, absolutely. Now, the, the one difference is your wife's vehicle has start stop technology. So the starter may be built to start the engine many more times over its lifetime than your starter. So that's something to consider. But if you're going to be stopped, you know, if there's a train, if you think you're going to be stopped more than a minute, absolutely turn it off and start it back up because it, it only takes basically three to four seconds of running, right? That, that it does not take that much more fuel in modern vehicles to just restart it. What about air conditioning? How much is that burning gas? Well, again, it depends, you know, if you're crawling along in, in traffic uh, quite a bit because it's increasing the load on your engine, which is basically idling if you're in traffic. But if you're at speed at 70 miles an hour, the load is uh, a little bit less significant because the engine's already working harder. Okay. And if I'm at a, I, I, I don't mean to get too far in the weeds, but if I'm, at a, <laughs> if I'm at a stoplight and I don't turn off my car, but I turn off the air conditioning when I accelerate, does that help? You are such a dork. Probably, no. Probably very, very little amount. I think you'd do far better if you could just, you know, slow down five. For you, we'll say just slow down five miles an hour in the interstate. But know that if you go 20 slower, you'll be doing probably 20 times better. Okay. All right. I wow. like that. Gas prices by the 4th of July. Where do you think we're going to be? You think they're going to peak there or continue to get higher and higher? Well, if there's any refinery kink, we could go, you know, to 6, 650. We could even hit 7 if there's a refinery issue. There's no breathing room. I'm going to take kind of the middle of the road. I'm going to say the average be between 550 to 625. And by the way, we're at about 594 today. So that gives me a little upside and a little downside. But I am hopeful that seeing some of the numbers today, we will see a little bit of a lower price here over the next seven to 10 days. That's based on now. That could change. But where we are now, we should drift lower here over the next five to seven to 10 days. And people in Illinois, is it uh, better to go to Wisconsin, Indiana, or just stay in your own state? Uh, well, if you're, you know, if you're going over the border into Wisconsin, you know, looking at prices across the border in, in areas like Kenosha, oh man, it's quite a bit cheaper we'll just say that um you know lake geneva for example if you have a cottage there the price 489 a gallon and on the illinois side 574 god that's wow. great wow that's a, that's a win right there i love it patrick dehan from gas buddy thank you so much for your time i don't know if i'm happy or more depressed since we talked to you <laughs> i'm happy i'm loving electric life <laughs> Lisa, before you go, better news next time. Lisa has an electric car, just an FYI. Suckers. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I do. She doesn't even care about this conversation. (laughs) Thank you, Patrick. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate your time. My pleasure.
More of the Pete McMurray Show next. <laughs> 